Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Champagne sharks. Um, This is Kenny. Uh, We got Mario here with me. What's good, everybody? Mario, you can find me on Twitter at mdmill79 and you can find me on twitter at victory slap 4700 and today so a longtime friend of the podcast friend of the show and a, somebody i know personal personally in my my re- real life um we have jatay barber who's a former mma fighter and a current worldwide i don't do you play have you been you've been to other cities playing games but have you left the country playing games no no i haven't left that much as much as i need to get a dang uh passport are there, are there international tournaments yeah <laughs> It's worldwide, bro. Is that right? Because you went, you went to Ve- was you in Vegas for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going to Vegas uh, August second for the World Championships. Okay, so oh, Jate has leaves. He's right here in Portland with me, um, but he plays. He's a gamer, right? And he's into it. And this is something we've talked about on the pod for a long time. But and we were supposed to have Jate on long. T- I mean, I don't know. It's probably about two years ago we were supposed to have him on. But to get it, not just the inside um, idea of how these spaces work and and how it works in race, because before we started recording, me and Jate was having a conversation and I was asking him about, you know, when you like I told him, I said, I had I, um, I, we were talking and I said, I know someone I have a coworker whose son is about 20, 21 years old and he's in college. But it's he's such a gamer is so bad that his parents took his gaming equipment from him so that he took in, he couldn't take it to college. And really, he's become isolated. Like, this is all he does. Like, he doesn't it's so bad to where he can't even work a regular job like customer service job. He can't be around people in public. Is And, and I asked my coworker, was he always like that? And she said a little bit, but she thinks the gaming made it worse. And me and Jate was talking off air and I was like, what is what is going like the connection between because, you know, there's always this connection between incels and gaming and like <laughs> how, how real is yeah. all of this? Like, what is what is this, this, this space, this space like? Uh, it's it varies from game to game, because like if you t- if you told me what game he was playing, I'd have a better idea of how his mind works. So I'm in the fighting game community with a uh, Street Fighter, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, and stuff like that. There, there are the same, but in different type of ways. So, like you telling me that they took away his gaming thing, I don't think that's going to help. You right. can <laughs> you can easily find access to other people's gaming equipment if he's going to want to find if he has it really that bad. He going to find it and he going to play it. The, the gaming is more accessible than ever. And they made sure. the way she made it sound like is you know all of his friends that's where all of his friends are. He doesn't have and these are people that don't even live in the same city as him. But he called them his friends, you know. Um and she's she talked about how there's, you know, she's heard them having these vulgar vile conversations and uh things of that nature. Now, just for clarification, now if, now Jate is a former MMA fighter in real life, right? Yeah. So you no, actually no, no, had, no, no, time ago. 
Wait, you ain't that damn old. So I mean, it couldn't been that long ago. <laughs> now Jate has experience in the fighting community and in the gaming community, the fighting, the gaming fighting community, and dealt with racism in both arenas. And tell tell us the story about when you had to go to Prineville, Oregon for a fight. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that that was my first fight. So. Uh, long story short, I got into MMA off of a bet. And I know this won't surprise Kenny. Uh, he knows how competitive I am. Uh, somebody at the uh, the tilt, that was our arcade back in the day. Um, Yo, you guys had a tilt as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it inside your mall or what? Absolutely. Yes, it was. Yeah. Right in yep. the food court. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That's where we, we had all our tournaments too. Wow. Okay, okay. And um, he bet me that I wouldn't show up to the gym, to the MMA gym. And this was over, I wrestled his twin brother and I got the quote unquote win. It was like really whatever. And he bet me I want to show up. I was there the next day. And um, three months later, they told me like, hey, you've gotten pretty good at this. Why don't you take a fight? All right, sure. Whatever. Got told that it's in Primeville, Oregon. I cannot point that out on the map. I want to say. Primeville, Oregon is about three and a half hours from Portland. Yeah. felt like literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it very much was. L- l- real, real honey boo boo. A lot, a lot of organ is like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of organ is like that. Portland I will say everything east of Hood River is like that. Yeah. And Hood River is only 45 minutes south from here. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I, 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 the only, I've been there, ah, oh, man, maybe a total of three times. Um, the first time I was actually just driving through. I was going to um, Tacoma, Washington, and I had a brief layover. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it looks like, too. And um, and then the second time I went to Portland and then the third time, I think I want to say Eugene or maybe some little place outside Eugene or something like that. So, you know, um, yeah, that's so I don't want to say that I have like extensive, you know, knowledge of Portland, the, the layout of the land. But, um, you know, I've been through there a couple of times. Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure whatever Kenny has told you about it is pretty right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It checks out with what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, we, dri- we drive out there and our team is pretty much the black MMA place. There's like our team is mainly just black dudes. So they had me fighting at heavyweight. My boy Nick fighting at heavyweight, my boy Marquis fighting at light heavyweight. And that's 205 for MMA. Right. And um, let's just go. We uh, showed up the day before because they paid for our hotel and all that other nonsense. And we walked into this bar just to relax before, you know, the day before the fight. And when I tell you, it was a scene out of the movie where the record stops and it's just like, Err! and everybody just stops to look at us. And it's just me. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> The three black guys. Now, now d- guy. well, hold on, Jate. Now yeah. we gotta we gotta give him a description. How big are you? How tall uh, are you? I am six seven, walking around like three fifty right now. Okay. Back then, when I was in fight shape, I was uh, two sixty, two sixty five. Right. So when when you say the record, when the record stops, it, it stopped. Yeah, it stopped. Don't blame me. My boy Nick was. Well, six Nick four, is a big guy too. Yeah, yeah six four, two thirty, and Marquis was uh, six three, six two, two o five. Right, and then we had a smaller uh, white dude with us. You know, it was a corner man and all that. Other-ish. But yeah, the whole record yeah. just uh, the the record stopped. Everybody stopped and looked at us, and I was just like, "Interesting, this is not good." 
but we make it out of there and survive whatever day of the fight my boy marquee fights first by the way the guy saw my boy nick and left the arena didn't fight but um while my boy marquee was fighting the what you call it the people in the crowd got into a fight with our corner like attacked our corner our our cornermen what the hell were they what what the hell was that all about do you uh, saying all sorts of can we say it on this channel or not? Say whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, oh, yeah, no, they were selling all sorts of like kill that nigger and kick that nigger's ass and all this other corner. Oh, damn. Stuff. Okay, so they went, they went, they went full. They went, <laughs> they went, uh, Kentucky up, Kentucky on y'all. Bro, when I can, their quote unquote arena where they held this event was basically a oversized barn. And oh if you God. think I'm playing, okay. there there was hay on the way to the cage. That was the walkway to the cage. Hmm. That's how bad it was. Well, you so, were getting lynched that day. Bruh. And I'm just looking at this like, this is my first fight. And I'm like, is this serious right now? I'm supposed to fight after that? Right. And um, so it's come my turn to fight. Before you, before you go into it, Jay, was... How were your opponents acting? Were they were they kind of oh, like? Oh yeah, my opponent was trying to do everything he could to try to intimidate me, and it was like adorable. Like I was sitting in the stands with <laughs> other with my other friends that showed up to the fight, and he just started walking up and started kneeing the trash can that we were like sitting next to in the um, in the stands. Uh, and I just looked over at him like he's like he's like Tong Po on Kickboxer when Jen, when Van Dam walked in that room and saw him kicking that ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have been intimidated by that. I ain't gonna lie. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's kicking, kicking the kicking pillar. The That's a whole yeah. other thing, right? Kicking the structure, <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like what did y'all sign me up for? But right. I heard the heard the dude's uh, record was one and two. And that was my first fight. I'm like, eh. And he didn't. When he looked. He looked like a bowling ball. When I say, when I say, how, what was their attitude like? Like when the crowd was was um, calling you guys all the epithets and everything. Were, were the were your opponents like into the whole thing with the crowd too? Or no? Like, not, do you know what they're? Not really, because I didn't hear any words from the from my opponent until we got into the um, until we got into the cage. On my walk gotcha. to the cage, I got all sorts of you know big Donkey Kong, black nigger, blah blah blah, uh, on the way to the cage, and I'm like, I'm gonna kill this dude in front of y'all, mm-hmm. right? And um, the fight starts, and you know I'm circling off. I'm, I know this guy is flat-footed, a bowling ball. So I'm gonna just keep him to the outside, jab him to death, and then get my submission, and go home. He does a wild swing. I do a couple jabs to his face, and then he's like, "Oh, you ready for this? You ready for this?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just looking to see what he's gonna do. This man takes a step forward, falls over, and holds his knee. Ah, oh, what a pussy. Yeah. And he the said he didn't work, bro. Because I like the dude was Maybe like, it was those knees to the trash can. He, you know, right. he probably should have said that for them. <laughs> but the dude was like six foot tall. Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh, that's adorable. He was too small to be in there anyway. Yeah. Well, he weighed more than me. Oh, wow. Fake the injury. Yeah. That's what you're going to say. Bowling ball. He's a bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he, that's what I call it. Uh, I call it. I'm like, man, you. You you ducked out. You got a couple right. jabs to your face, and now I was you don't want to fight no more. Uh, right. Cool story. So MMA. So MMA. So racism in MMA. Um, 
it's, it's, I'm sure I'm guessing MMA is no different than the racism in boxing. I, I, I that was the main point of the contention. That's what got this uh <laughs> this recording started because when you posted about how boxing um uh, is the worst when it comes to racism, it was like objection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the MMA has said, "Hold my beer," mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I know both. I'm not as deep as knowledge as uh, both of you guys when it comes to. Um, boxing, but I'm not, you know, one of these Twitter heads that y'all bothered to argue with on here. So the parallel is now, just like you said, we know a lot about boxing. Now, you know a lot about wrestling. And, and, <laughs> and, and this is the thing. And me and Mario talk about this stuff all the time because, and it's always, we, we're, I'm 41. Mario, what, 43? About to be 44? Yeah, 44, so yeah. Classic wrestling. So when we were kids, the, the, you know, Kamala and Tatanka and the Red Rooster and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Now we did. I never paid attention to this until I got older, and it was. How the you gonna racism. skip over Saba Simba? There you well, yeah. There you go, <laughs> Saba Simba. All the racism that existed in wrestling, and it wasn't until I was I don't know I was in my thirties, and I started seeing those shoot videos on YouTube, and I would see all these black wrestlers that we all know and love, Ron Simmons and. Um, Teddy Long and all these people would talk about the racism that they dealt with specifically from Ric Flair. <laughs> Bro, like we talked about it a couple of times. Like, I don't know. I'm a hope that these rappers and all the other people that are around Ric Flair just don't know because the worst option is they don't care. Right. But Ric Flair has like always been one of the more not the most notorious racist because, you know, Ole Anderson exists. He's very racist. Yeah. Like, you're bad enough that Ole Anderson was, made it like a point to make sure that there were no black kids in the front row of shows. Made sure that they were in the back. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of black wrestlers from that era that would defend Ole Anderson to, to the death. Uh, I don't know which ones yeah. those are. Well, well, no, well, well I, I see. I know what Mario's saying because it's like, and it might not be Ole Anderson. It might be Ric Flair because we've heard Mark Henry, Booker T. These <laughs> dudes will defend these racist wrestlers. They defend Hulk Hogan. They defend Ric Flair. Like it, what? Because you know the in the intricate inside of how these things work. What is it about the black wrestler? One, uh, how often? You know, now not today, but back then there weren't very many black champions. So. There still isn't. So, right. So you break that down. Wrestling has this thing where you have to be considered one of the boys or one of the fellas to to really be accepted into the, the fraternity fully. Right. So and then you add that to you're black and that adds in a, a, an extra dynamic to it because not only do you have to put up with the regular you know fraternal type shit that you know any normal guy would trying to break into the business would would uh have to put up with but on top of that you got to kind of prove that as a black one that you can take you know the the racial jokes yeah. and the harass all that type of stuff so in a lot of ways, man, it's really no different from a lot of other, um, a lot of other. I would, I would, I just, I would say fraternal organizations because it's like the it's, police. There's a lot of to be a cop, but but, but there, you know, there's a there's cops, you know, fraternal groups within the police agencies right. as well. You know what I'm saying? So you could become a cop, but if you're on the outs, you know what I'm saying? You you'll know it. 
You know what I mean? And I think it's similar with wrestling from what I was, what I've been able to look at over the years, listening to people like Booker T and like um, his brother, Stevie Ray, and, um, you know, a couple of other guys telling stories about how I was in the old days coming up and stuff like that. But go ahead, Jitha. I didn't mean to uh, cut you. No, I didn't even start, man. It's all good. Um, I know what you're saying, because like, that's why people complained about uh, the click. And um, for those mm-hmm. that don't know, the click was Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, y'all knew him as Diesel. Uh, Scott Hall, y'all knew him as Razor Ramon. And uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Helmsley, you know him as Triple H. And they were like accredited for running a lot of people out of the business, you know, but they're using their star power to their little gang warfare to pretty much ruin a couple of people's careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, lists including um, Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean Douglas, even though I'm kind of indifferent on Dean Douglas, I don't know how much of a real career that he would really had as far as stardom would go. But, you know, just from some examples. And um, there were other groups that opposed him, too. I want to say BSK, uh, Bone Street Crew. And that was Undertaker, um, comma, you know him as Papa Shango. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoko Zuna was and, and, and the Godfather he was the Godfather also yeah well, everyone, more people know him as Godfather than anything else yeah. but I actually didn't mind that Kama when he was an MMA dude Kama Mustafa when he was in the oh uh, yeah Kama Mustafa yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know he transitioned to MMA I know they did that he, he wasn't never in MMA they just made him into one. Oh, okay got you yeah they, um, they, the WWE when it was WWF they had their little tough man competition at one point remember that yeah th- that ruined some careers yeah yeah and he, it, one of them was almost is <laughs> uh, I think the, I think sh- when uh, no I think uh, he lost in the first round. Yeah, he got his ass knocked out, didn't he? Uh, like I think he lost decision actually. Well, he might have got knocked out. Yeah, I think he got knocked out. Yeah, no, they actually. Yeah, the, I don't know why the, the you know Vince Russo, which is <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other subject. So, by himself. so when you have a click within a click, so in wrestling, when you have the Shawn Michaels and those guys as this click now. Where now? Where were they at? As far as like, did they work with black wrestlers or they worked with amongst themselves? I mean, okay, because like if you think about their best matches, uh, especially back in there, they were against each other. Like, oh, okay, you know, um, Shawn Michaels would sell his ass off, you know, act like he's hurt and whatnot, and make the other person look powerful for like Razor Ramon. Well, he ain't gonna do it for friends. like, yeah, he ain't gonna do. He won't do it as much for. Um, you can watch this match with Vader. You yeah, know? big, big, bad, big, uh, big Van Vader, who's from Compton. I didn't know. Or that. another thing, Shawn Michaels would do was oversell. So if he, if he, uh, wasn't Hogan deserved that. Yeah. Ho- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know the backstory on that one, but Hogan. No, deserved I don't that. know the backstory, but Hulk Hogan, it turns out, is is was kind of a dick, you know, in the, in the wrestling game. So kind of really surprised me. Did His, he bury anybody? Do you? Do, he, are, the, 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 are there any stories about him burying people? Bro, the worst WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania nine. He the original game plan was for the uh, the dirty finish between Bret Hart and Yokozuna, and um, the dirty finish happened, and Hogan was supposed to come in and then beat Yokozuna, whatever, and then Hogan was supposed to have a match with Bret to make it like a passing of the torch type of thing, and then after the match went through. Uh, when it came time to do it, Hogan hit his signature line, and it's that's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> and, that's not going to work for me, brother. Yeah, and oh, he's famous for that. And um, he ended up dropping the title back 
to Yokozuna instead because he didn't think Bret Hart, the excellence of execution, was worthy of losing to. Mm, wow. And even when he lost again to Yokozuna, he can't just lose clean. He had to lose to a, a cameraman shooting a fireball in his face. Now, what was funny about Hogan is he used to like to try to pretend that the WWF at the time WWE now that they just couldn't find someone to pass the torch to him for him to pass the torch to like it wasn't his fault the guys that they were picking to be his successors just weren't any good so he was forced to kind of keep going um I know that happened with uh him and Warrior after Wrestlemania what was that six yeah, WrestleMania yeah, six. Was it, was it yeah, six? Mania six. Yeah. Yeah. Six. They tried to pass it to Warrior. They said he was too one dimensional. This is Hogan's words. He was too one dimensional. Um because I think he was yeah, he was supposed to be gone after that. Like I don't I, I think uh I don't know if he wanted to retire after after six, but I that was supposed to be the, the, I forget what the story is, but it is like half true because the mm-hmm. sales really did go down. People were not behind Warrior like they were behind Hogan. Right. What did it what did it take for I don't know if it was maybe wrestling fans, because I always feel like black wrestlers always were fan favorites going all the way. You can go all the way back to the 60s. There was a black wrestler that was a fan favorite. But what did it take for wrestling to embrace a black champion or a black wrestler that could be uh, on top of the game? Like, say, you're The Rock. Good question. Promos. Promos. So beginning you, so, the, that's, so what, killed, that's so kind of what killed warrior that's what that's what killed warrior okay tell me one good tell me one warrior line right now oh i don't remember i just remember <laughs> thank shaking you and shaking and yelling yeah it, he would babble just about anything didn't make not a lick of sense so 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 basically if you smell what the rock is cooking sold like a motherfucker i mean that and just like the, the, the cadence and delivery you gotta be right. something special like the last one that uh people really got behind was Big E. Okay. And, and um, that dude is like not only that's just a Nigerian, as, that's a Nigerian brother, right? No, that's uh, no, no, no. That you're talking about Kofi. Kofi, okay. Uh, uh, Biggie is more recent. Okay. Um, uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for Biggie. He recently um, cracked his C1. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, what you call it? Accidents happen in wrestling. Um, belly to belly suplex and he landed on his neck. Oh my God. But that group, um, the New Day, uh, okay. that was something special. They had to work their way up. That's why I sent you a couple of those episodes. They were they had to make, uh, as they say in wrestling, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Because right. yeah, they the gave names. them a lot of chicken shit because they 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 did a lot of uh, promos that a lot of black folks didn't like. Oh, bro! Because that? they made them they started out being uh, stereotypical preachers. Mm-hmm. They were evil, and they did you know cornball stuff, and then they had to. Uh, uh, did you hear about some of the names that they wanted them to originally go by? No, I didn't hear about that. Oh, bro! Um, uh, what you call? They call them, they wanted them called the beat new nation. Um, they had like a whole episode of just pages. They, they gave them trios names, uh, based off of music, gospel, and uh, like some inspirational, whatever. And those are rehashing old black wrestling stereotypes, stereotypes, right? So, I mean, even Mm. when you go back and you look at a wrestler like Coco Beware, the music that he comes out to sounds real gospel sounding. Yeah, right. he's out. He's the high energy black guy, and that's right. what um, uh, what you call Xavier Woods. Uh, you know him as Austin Creed. Right. He, um, I mean, 
is his real name. But um, it, when Scott, when he uh, broke into WWE, he would they they told him it was like there's a, a routes for black wrestlers. There's the angry black guy, and then there's a strong black guy, and then there's a high energy black guy. You're being the high energy black guy, and we already have a Kofi. Right. So yeah, they always they, they they for some reason like black wrestlers can't be. So you got this so like back in the day. The high energy black guy is Coco Beware. The angry black guy is Bad News Brown. Correct. Um, I don't remember any of so, oh, You got Kamala, who's the exotic black guy. Right. Uh, what was it? Kamala the uh, what the fuck was his name? Kamala Mustafa. No, 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 Kamala. Oh, Kamala. With the, yeah, with the moon, with the moon on his uh, belly. and his stomach. And yeah, yeah, with a with a beekeeper for a manager, whatever. The right. fuck that yeah, was. that was that the, was the, uh, the Brooklyn yeah. Brawler. <laughs> that was Brooklyn Brawler. That was Brooklyn Unbelie- Brawler. Unbelievable. So, so you get. And I don't remember any other black wrestlers at that time in WWF. Well, after that, you probably have to go straight to Nation of Domination. And that's way up into the early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Shit, when did Bad News Brown, he was there with Roddy Roddy Piper in them. Yeah, so, he's yeah, in the that 80s. Was yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he did. And he did get a chance to have his little, you know, he has a little feud with Hogan and all these guys. But I see what you mean <laughs> by the black wrestlers are pigeonholed into you Guess know. who Brad News Brown's first loss was to? Ted DiBiase or something? Hogan. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. And Hogan had to change they, the win, hit him with, with that special helmet yeah. that he had for a minute. Yeah. yeah. They didn't like each other. Well, they didn't like each other from what I understand. Uh, they already know. <laughs> we already know yeah. that Hogan doesn't care for many black folks, period. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and Bad News Brown, given his background, uh, it wasn't no punk either. Go ask right. Andre the Giant. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that story, man, that uh, him and Andre the Giant got into it because Andre the Giant was, you know, called saying nigger. Yeah. yeah, Andre the Giant was a racist. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were riding on a bus and he told the bus driver to pull over and he told uh, Andre to step outside. He didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, and that, it keeps coming back to that. So today's wrestling, I don't, the path to becoming uh, or being a part of WWE or AEW or whatever is not the same as it was back in the day where brothers had to go through the quote-unquote territories where you got to go through Smoky Mountain wrestling in Tennessee or wherever the hell that was. Um, You don't have to go down through Texas and uh, West Virginia and all these places to, you know, make a name for yourself. You can kind of like avoid that. The racism is still there, but I could only imagine, uh, for example, there's a classic uh, wrestling match you can find on YouTube of Virgil, who is Ted DiBiase's manservant. <laughs> How do you going to oh, touch that? man. That was... <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he had to approve it because they wouldn't do it without him knowing. Uh, uh, yes, they would have. Well, yes, they would have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Virgil don't care. Just pay him. Right. Virgil is in a wrestling match, and um, I might be able to get it put in the show notes of... Jimmy, Jimmy Anvil Nightheart, which is a partner of Brett the Hitman Heart, the Heart Foundation, and they all come out dressed like the Klan, and they hang Virgil. Yeah, like over, the, the, over the rope. Yeah, over the rope. They they grab. The, and where was that match at? Well, you know what city that was in. <sighs> Don't quote me on this, but I want to say Memphis. Oh boy! Don't quote me on that. I know there's going to be somebody listening. Oh, well, actually, like, I, I try not to remember that. <laughs> And, um, who, and what league is that? You know, uh, I would have to look it up. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't WWE. It wasn't WCW or anything. And I don't. Yeah, I don't no, even remember was, what was, year uh, that was. Uh, well, I'm gonna do a little. Let's let's find out. Um, Virgil. 
Virgil KKK match. Uh, National Wrestling Conference and now defunct independent operation that through 19 events. 1995 is when that happened. Yeah. It was in 1995. So the so the, the racism is still in wrestling. It's still there. And, you know. Oh, it hasn't changed at all. And that's what, like, like the, that's what I wanted to touch on. Like, when you guys go back and forth arguing with these um, obvious racists, when, like, they're just race fans of boxers and not the fan of wrestling itself or not wrestling, but boxing itself, you deal with the exact same thing with um, wrestling because like, like we touched on earlier about how there's not too many black champions. And I've also touched on, you know, promos being, you know, an issue like a people you have to be, you know, how the saying goes, you have to be like two times better. Right. Stuff like that. But there is plenty of examples of like, whenever you bring up a black wrestler that never won a title, um, one of my main examples is uh, Shelton Benjamin. And they want to say like, oh, you know, Shelton was a good wrestler and a, what to call it, a great athlete or whatever, but he couldn't cut promos. And I'm like, cool. Okay, since it's about promos, tell me one Jeff Hardy promo off the top of your head. Mm. They never have an answer. Tell me one Jack Swagger promo. Nothing? Mm. Uh, uh, I, I guess there's really not about the promos. It's... A big problem is that they really direct it towards mainly a white audience. Mm. And in the case of AEW, which I have a problem with right now, is that I don't think black folks are standing up hard enough. They're easily distracted and easily appeased when earlier we had a problem with, you know, what are we doing with the black wrestlers? How come there's no black champions? And what did AEW do in response? Here's some rappers. Mm. They're going to come out with the wrestlers now. And folks, for whatever reason, were easily appeased. Action Bronson wrestled a match. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing that. And he had it in his contract that he wouldn't take any bumps. So, so Action Bronson wrestled a match. I remember seeing West Side Gun in the crowd. Uh, I don't know if he rapped or anything, but I know he was there. That's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. So that no matter what, no matter what, you know, if the black wrestler drives it's, content, it's always it's always a reason. It's always a reason why they like why people make excuses why they don't why they can't, why it's not racism that they that they're not a champion. Now, I wonder why is that? Because in other realms, in other sports, is it because it's quote unquote combat sports or sports entertainment? Because in other sports, you want a black um star or someone on top or african-american whoever's the most athletic basically whoever's the most athletic um basketball baseball they're begging for black players uh football of course even hockey has black players and more black players in ho- playing in the nhl now than ever you know uh the williams sisters so it's something in the fabric of wrestling that they're still hanging on to um that old time, you know, you need a white champion, blonde hair, all American, you know, you, they, they still, that still sells for some reason. Well, it's like, and what's worse is that the, the black guy will get a championship and then they'll do, or the black woman, even at this point, will get a championship and then do absolutely nothing with it. They will mm-hmm. not like, well, I listened to on, on another podcast where the dude made the case that there's only been one 
black heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. And he said that was the rock because when you're the world heavyweight champion, you're supposed to be the man. You are it. Every other time that you can name a black heavyweight champion, somebody else was the man. So when Mark Henry was the champ, was the champion, you could either say Randy Orton, John Cena was the champ, was Mm -hmm. the man. Mm -hmm. They put, they focused and pushed on him. Booker T you can look at triple H. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they never gave Booker T a clean win over Triple H. Nah, but after Booker's words, I don't. I'm not fighting for him no more. He wasn't fighting for himself. Yeah, he's in. He's in. He's exactly. like, I got paid. So he was okay with that. He yeah. was okay. Yeah, with he it. was okay with. And, and every time he gets an opportunity to discuss it, he says he's okay with it. So, oh, well, um, he also getting paid by them. Yeah, I'm not the kind of guy. I'm not gonna fight for you harder than you fight for yourself, man. You right, know. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was mad as hell as everybody else because that was like the most egregious undoing of a black wrestler until the whole Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar thing happened Mm, where um, Kofi, there was like Kofi mania. It was like the, he, he was it. He was the guy and everybody turned it on Twitter from people that don't really watch wrestling. Right. And they wanted to see him as champion. And then he finally got the, and then he finally won the title. I never got Kofi's run. I'll be honest with you, man. I, 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 I never really got, where his push came from and and why he was the guy like i never really understood that but well to, know, give, well, to give it to, for me to understand well give it to a backstory is that he was supposed to be uh he was supposed to be a guy back in the back in the day but he had a match it was i believe it was a tag match and Randy Orton was involved. Uh, Kofi messed up a spot and Randy Orton flipped out and just called him stupid, screamed at him in the middle of the ring, like even the hard camp picked it up. And then uh, Randy Orton went to the back and told Vince and then, well, you're higher. I was like, Kofi isn't ready. So they kicked his ass back down to the mid card and he stayed there for another good seven, eight years. Oh my God. Yeah. Good grief. And so Kofi's been steadily grinding, being like the ultimate. He's for for your guys' term, he basically uh, black Ricky Steamboat. Oh damn! <laughs> and Ricky was a, Ricky was my guy, man. <laughs> yeah, on, but, man. yeah, but no, I mean it was a good thing. <laughs> he was like the prominent babyface. Um, Ricky, Ricky is going to be a fan, a fan favorite, but. When he gets his Intercontinental Championship, when he gets ready to win, Honky Tonk Man is going to hit him in the head with the guitar. That El Cabong. Yeah. But um, but a lot of people saw his like great performance in um, Hell in a Cell, and they got really behind him randomly out of nowhere. And WWE kind of ran a semi-racist angle, talking about you know, like you're just not that guy, mm. and just kind of made him sit there and take it. But that was the story leading into it. And he, he took it because uh, he wanted to. I don't really think, I don't think Kofi's that guy. He's not that type of guy. Mm. It was, uh, they had their own little spin on it where they didn't, what you call it, make him look like they did with uh, Booker. Mm. But uh, they finally won the Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they finally won the title. And the first person for rivalry that they give him is Dolph Ziggler. Can you know who that is? I don't. Exactly. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, so that's you what I'm saying. Like, I don't know who any of these new guys are. To be honest with you, Jatay knows. I, I kind of lost track of everything after 2005. Once, once WCW got sold to WWF, I kind of like fell off. 
fell off the planet. And then I tried to catch up with it a little bit because my nephew loves wrestling. So that's when I heard when that's when I learned about who Jay Lethal was and all these different guys. So I kind of I kind of got back into it a little bit, but I just can never catch up to all the it changes so much. You you gotta remember back in the day, like we saw the same wrestlers for a good nine, ten years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a guys. couple of brothers on there that uh, I think they're called Street Profits or something like that. Oh yeah, they're solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like that tag team. Did they they haven't broken them up yet? Surprisingly, no. But uh, uh, rumors are is that they're trying to make a faction and turn them heel between the Street Profits and uh, Bianca. Huh. I, I would have thought that they would have pulled aside uh, the, the you know, they always have the power guy with the high flyer. What's the high flyer's name? I can't remember. Yeah, you're talking name. about uh, Montez Ford. Yeah. Everybody's saying that Montez Ford is the guy, the next champion, whatnot. And then they, for whatever reason, shit on Angelo Dawkins. And I think Angelo Dawkins has really good juice to him that can make you make him a star too. Mm, but okay. they're, they're, they're trying to genetti him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Even I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the internet wrestling, the IWC really, tr- really tries to genetti uh, Angelo Dawkins. Interesting. And, and, and it's meaning, not meaning fair Marty, Marty Janetti, who was, Shawn Michaels' uh, partner, part of the Rockers back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, how Shawn Michaels uh, originally came yeah, up. Man, they, they did. He got done. He, <laughs> he ended up becoming Marty like Gennady. a major conspiracy theorist or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. No, Mar- Marty did the that alcohol. to himself. He, didn't yeah. know all, he had all of the drugs. So, yeah. He did that. Yeah, he to said himself. all. You said all of them. Huh? You know, all, of the drugs, all of the drugs. All of the drugs. So yeah. So man, let's uh let's delve back into this um video games and racism, man. Because I wanted to really kind of get into that. Um, because I don't know, my son is not a, a like he doesn't compete for money and things like that. But um, he's really into um, you know playing. You know, like the Call of Duty online and stuff like that. He hasn't gotten into the fighting games, but I, that's where I would first became kind of aware of the racial element because he was playing a game one day, man. And I kind of overheard um, some guys on when he was playing online. You know, they were he never, they, like they were saying some crazy stuff. And I said, "What the hell's going on there?" And he, he told me, you know, like uh, sometimes guys start talking crazy like that. And then um, particularly during the the whole, you know, the whole rise of the BLM thing and all of that, like (laughs) there would be certain uh, he would make a when he was designing his character, he would call himself something like BLM warrior or something like that. So he's asking for it. Yeah. He said (laughs) said, as soon as he put that on his thing, everybody came for together. You know what I mean? Even the people that are supposed to be his teammates. Uh, you know, they were leaving them, you know, to get blasted and all kinds of stuff, man. So he's just running his own little experiment. So even in the virtual world of playing video games, people are uh, taking their racism and putting it on characters as far as like not being a team anymore. You don't want to be on my team because I'm BLM right. warrior. And, you know, right. you know yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't shock me. Not one little bit. Not not at all. And you saying through your voice, even if there is no voice, people will try to make a point to it just through texting uh, through the, the chat in the game. Oh, damn. Where, uh, like, I know you've heard of the game League of Legends, right? 
Yes. 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 Yeah. I played two games. I have. I almost got called nigger as much in those two games that I did in like a couple of my MMA fights. Damn. And I was in the beginner area trying to learn the game. And it was like, you stupid nigga, you're supposed to be over here. What are you doing? Nigga didn't do that and all that other stuff. <laughs> One of the worst communities I ever bothered with. It was like, you know what? You can have this game. I'm good. Yeah. It's one, I mean, I'm just like kind of the reason why I like fighting games is like I can immediately put on mute. I don't have to rely on anybody else. It's me versus somebody else. And that's sure. it. Got you. So that, that has to, that has to, you know, you, you, you're, you're strong minded, but you know, somebody else who may not be that um, self-assured, I can only imagine, you know, a young black kid trying to play that game and then to get talked to like that. Um, it has to destroy your confidence, man. Oh, bro. It's you need to be you need to have your mind ready for that because I'm not going to share her story, but there's a certain player that I'm really cool with. And, you know, so much I call her little sis. And um, when we first finally met, she she's a streamer as well. Um, she told me your story of all the stuff that she deals with, of you know, people flooding their chat and whenever there's a story on her, people calling her ugly and all this other stuff. Yes, she's a black woman and all this mm. other stuff. And then, you know, she ended up crying and we we're on the floor of Evo, Evo's the World Championships. Yeah. And, you know, I had to, you know, give her like a real big pep talk, like, who are these dudes? You mm. out here making it and you're going to be winning with that. And she's, done really well for herself that's good man for one, i'm happy for you but you have to have your mind uh, it's, it's like so much different like going back to what we originally started with is the uh social the social aspect of how people can't go out and these these dudes that like just obsessive video games and that's all they can do like mm-hmm. i get that because a lot of these people uh, a lot of these kids the sub 25ers they're not doing anything else and they're not made to do anything else other than play video games because video games is the new babysitter that TV wasn't back when I came up. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Back when I came up. Yeah. I love video. I've always loved video games. Sure. But I also played basketball. If you know, you know, Kenny comes through to the house and one night is like, Oh, let's go do whatever. I'm going to go do that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, man. How did that's crazy that you brought that up, bro? Because I remember as a kid, um, we spent a lot of time playing video games, you know, oh, yeah. Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, blah, 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 back in my time. And dude, we spent so much time playing video games, but then we also somehow we made time to go outside and ride bikes and get into all kinds of shit in the neighborhood. And I always wondered, like, how the hell did we, how did we mix the time? so well back then dude like maybe we weren't playing it as long as we thought we were or something like that i don't know but we always found a way to end up outside playing well because social media has replaced what people think is socialization at least to me they think they get all the socialization that they that they need to get through that so they don't have to actually go up and talk to people no not at all and and it sometimes it shows. It seems like it shows up in their interpersonal relationships because you, you always see these nightmare stories on Twitter when these people actually do meet up in real life. Oftentimes it ends up disastrous. You know what I'm saying? 
So I yeah, wonder if that's about, one of the reasons why, like, when these people do decide. Well, go ahead, go. I was just something to just piggyback on what you were saying. Like, you know, when we were young, uh, you play video games with your friends. There was no online playing. So you actually had to go to their house or they came to your house to play games. And every now and then they would, you know, you would meet other kids that would come over and you guys would play. But eventually you got to go outside because your parents don't want nine kids in the fucking house. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, that's so true. Eventually you, yeah. you had you you couldn't be in the house because your parents were not going to have everybody in the house like that. And then once it became online, well, there ain't a bunch of kids in the house. You're online. You're occupied. You know, it's easy to just get lost in that. And once kids get of age to where they can stay at home by themselves that's easy. Oh, yeah. mom and dad are going to go to the movies, going to go to dinner. Johnny's in the room playing Call of Duty. Now, I want to know, um, is the sports game, do the sports games have the same type of behavior going on? So that's you're, a you're great question. NBA 2K, baseball, is the same stuff going on online in those with those group of kids? Or is it just the shooting games and fighting games? Or more uh, or less shooting uh, games? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't dabbled too much with the sports game industry because I think it's kind of fallen off ever yeah. since the the blow up of the Madden tournaments that you saw mm-hmm. on the um, kid got shot at a Madden was that a Madden tournament where yeah. he got shot yeah, yeah. No, yeah. what's called um, dude beat him and he was yeah. talking mess the entire way and he went out to his car and uh, killed a couple yeah, guys he killed him yeah he killed him yeah, he, he yeah. killed like, like two, two or three people two, two people and I think shot another yeah so I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't kept up with. Um, I, I don't see it being too much different, honestly. Because like uh, you can, the people how they talk on Twitter is not going to be too different from how they talk while playing these video games. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good. <laughs>